Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hi, I'm Howard Mackler, one of the founders of RichUncles.com, real estate investing for everyone. Our $1 billion offering is now open for investment with a $500 minimum. Rich Uncles NNN REIT is a public non-listed REIT, a real estate investment trust that invests in single-tenant commercial real estate. Learn more by reading our prospectus at RichUncles.com. That's RichUncles.com or call 855-RICH-UNCLES. This media outlet is being paid under $2,000 by Rich Uncles for this single message and is intended only for residents in states where the offering is approved. RichUncles.com or call 855 855- Rich Uncles. Hey everyone, I'm Maggie McGrath, a staff writer at Forbes magazine and your new host for a show called Forbes on Trump. Politicians are all talk, no action. I'll be speaking with the editors and writers who are reporting on the 45th president. We'll hear what they're finding out about his wealth, his business associates, and the ways in which he and his policies are affecting the economy, consumers, and all aspects of the business world. Somebody has to come out and tell it like it is. Along the way, we'll dive into Forbes archives, which contain decades of information that will add context to the current White House administration. So listen to this. Listen to this. That's Forbes on Trump on Podcast One. Subscribe now at iTunes, and don't forget to rate, review, and share. Get it on. Got to get on. We're going to get on. Thanks for tuning in to CarCast. We appreciate you. And, uh, you know, we go around and we go to Amelia Island and we go do interesting things. We go do races and events and sometimes even leave the country. And then we come back and share it with you. Yeah. So we, we need to do more of those things. <laughs> the leaving the country part. I agree. <laughs> you know. It's a great event. Well, great you, know, you know, listen, uh, you know the Grand Tour is proven to be quite a quite a hit for Amazon, and they've spent a kajillion dollars on it. And I've been saying for years, all these guys with the tattoos in the muffler shops arguing over uh, when that uh, El Camino uh, uh, Turbo Four Hundred transmission is going to be fixed. That's right. It, doesn't feel like that fun to me, but going <laughs> no. to Goodwood feels like something. One of those shows would be fine. Fifteen of those shows, maybe is a little, a little overkill. overkill. Uh, but going and doing some really world class, cool stuff would be a the events, pretty the cool idea. Racing and you know stuff like that. Agreed. Right? Um, oh, I'm in. Let's do it. So today, to talk to today's show is uh, we're going to talk about doing the uh, Trans Am race over at Willow Springs. Yeah. Uh, the tran- yeah. I thought you were going to bring your hardware in here. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to give away too much, so <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll get into it sequentially, speaking of uh, the way the vet yeah. shifted. And uh, so much to cover. Um, so Matt said to me, I guess about three months ago, you know, do you want to do a real Trans Am race yeah. at Willow Springs? And I just do what I do with everything that's further than 10 days away from now. I go, yeah, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. Uh, which is not the way most people conduct their lives and especially their professional careers, but it's what I do all the time. I just yeah. go, yeah, sign me up. I know what that means now after eight years. I know I got to tread lightly for the next couple of months as they get a little closer into that. And and uh, it turned out to be a bigger deal. <laughs> well, uh, Everything is set against the backdrop of doing this live one-hour spike TV show, which is... We didn't even have the dates for that when we started planning this. Race. Right. It, and, and the dates have moved around a lot. Yeah. And it's it's one of these things where 
if you are going to do a live one hour, you know, weekly show that has not been invented yet and you're going to host every single segment of it, it's probably a good idea to clear your calendar of Amelia Island and events that involve three days of, of racing and driving back and forth to the track and stuff like that because it's just it's it's tough it's a tough enough balancing act there's a lot is. of planning in that show as well there's yes. a lot going on to do a live one hour no I, I when i leave <laughs> this studio i'm going to the other studio to start planning the next, the next whatever but yeah. uh you got to make hay while the sun shines as they say and um even though it was a little daunting to me to be in a professional Trans Am race, there was a few things I didn't really know. I didn't know that there were three different classes of Trans Am, just basically one, two, and three fast. At this weekend, there's actually four. Oh, four. And I wouldn't call it fast, medium, and slow. I'd call it super fast, fast, pretty fast, and just fast. Like, it wasn't... And we'll get into some of these times, but yeah. as I was going down and looking at some of the qualifying times of the guys in Trans Am 2, they were also just doing 120 laps, yeah. not 100 minute 20 laps, which would have been more than good enough to qualify in front of me in the Trans Am 1 group. Yeah. This was a serious group, and there was about 14 cars total, I believe, on the track in the race, which means all the different categories right you know which starts to fill up there's a little bit of a traffic thing going on with 14 cars on that so i had a i had a couple of uh thoughts and one is geez this is a big old uh 850 horsepower car and i've never driven a corvette before i've never driven a really a modern day professional race car now please everyone understand the difference between the sort of showroom stock stuff that is driven when you do the Celebrity Grand Prix, you know, where you put some, right. where they, oh, they, they stiffened up the springs and they put a, a cold air ex- intake on it yeah. and a catback exhaust. Trans Am has a category like that. I think TA4 or something. It's basically a race prepped stock car, which that group wasn't even with you guys. You had the three faster groups. Right. But the, the car I was in was full fledged race, bespoke race with uh you know 850 horsepower and yeah you know that's got a corvette c7r body on it but there's really nothing corvette about it it's a body that's just made and it's got stickers to make it look like you know headlight stickers to make it look like that was sonny's greatest <laughs> concern slash uh, distraction yeah. dad why the headlight stickers yeah they're just because they look like headlights but but why yeah because no, it, I love his, the, the I love his headlights rationale. way too much, but why the stickers? Because they want it to look sort of like what the car would look like. They just don't want the weight yeah. of the headlights, so they put the headlight stickers. <laughs> it's funny because as a ten year old, I could see that being like a weird thing. Like, why would you have decals yeah. of headlights? You he know? even said, like, I know, I know they don't have headlights because it's lighter and you know no, no shatter and anything, but. Why? Why? <laughs> he was reasoning with He's it. He's kind of right. <laughs> the thing barely resembles yeah. a Corvette. But either way, I said I'm in. 
And uh, and then it was like, oh, boy, Willow Springs. Willow Springs is like my Moby Dick. The last time... <laughs> Les says it's the greatest track in the world. Les is full of shit. <laughs> the last two times I've been there, I went off the... I went off violently. Like, I mean, you've never seen a guy go as far off the track as I was able to get off that track. Yeah. Like, I just could You're going to go, go big. I could not keep the car on the track. I never got to turn eight and turn nine. I never found the line. I just, I just don't like the track. I, I, and, and, I, and the reason I don't like the track, and, I, and I, I think I can define it. First off, I overheat. I don't like the desert, and I don't like all the burnt soil all around me because it makes me depressed. It reminds me of my childhood. It's, it's, just, it's just dirt everywhere. It's always windy, and when it's just dirt everywhere, it's just a sandstorm but for there, days. There are many places on that track. See, for instance, turn one. No problem. Well-defined straightaway, well-defined turn, got a little bank in it. You can see where the track ends and the desert begins. Yeah. Then you go into turn two, which is a very long sweeper. And as you exit turn two, it's a little off camber. But they don't have a yellow line that goes along the side of the track. It's just basically... Sun-bleached asphalt meets sun-bleached desert. That's it. It just runs off into it dirt. Ju- it just runs. There's no rumble hey, strips. The, there's no lines. The, I mean, there's no know, anything. A so wouldn't wouldn't kill them. When you hang a tire, which you can. So what happens is you start coming out of like turn two, and it just keeps sweeping and turning and turning yeah. and sweeping. And then you start to accelerate out of turn two, and you go, "Oh my god, I'm drifting off the side of the track." Because I don't know where the side of the track is. Like with yeah. Laguna Seca, it's clearly defined. Like it's that's like the side tracks. of the track. No, like most, most tracks. tracks. So <laughs> you go, oh my God. And the next thing you know, you've dropped a tire and then that's it. Because yeah. it's all dirt and the car ends coming around. And, and when you drop a tire, it puts all that dust and the rocks on the track. And then that throws everybody off their game. And... The side of the track doesn't seamlessly blend into the desert. It does visually, but physically, it's a rough, sharp edge that can just jack up your tire suspension, whatever. Now, the advantage of this weekend was we just had months of crazy rain, and it did make things a little greener, and it did keep some of the dirt down so you weren't just tearing up after three days of dust in your eyes. Right. It was a little bit nicer out. The weather right. was nice. It was a little bit greener. Right. And it'll never be that green again. No. So it. It's already on its way down. I went <laughs> and we pulled up Friday afternoon to get a little seat time in the car. Yeah. And my only saving grace was um, it was a paddle shift car, or so we were told. We were told, yes. And that my, was the plan, I'm sure. My old thing is I don't want to do the blip the throttle and the heel toe and find the shift pattern, which is probably different from whatever the last car I drove. But if I can just paddle. They said, look, just do the paddle and it'll blip the throttle for you. Yeah. And I was like, all right, all right. well, okay. That's one less thing There's to worry about. There's enough things to figure out in this new car that you've never been into that it would be great. Yes. Paddle up, paddle down. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that was funny is my Jag uh, F Pace yeah. has the paddles, yeah. and I kept saying to myself, "You got to practice your paddles <laughs> in your Jag, just a little like right up, left down. Yeah. Just get used to it." I forgot every single time I never did it. Oh, so well, then good, then good, <laughs> because it wasn't a paddle shift car when we got to the car. It was a sequential shift car, which I had never used before but it's like there's a squeeze lever there's a 
stick shift that comes out of the middle where the stick shift is. And does. there's a clutch still. Clutch and there's pedal. a clutch. And there's a, a lever, like a, a, a front brake on a 10-speed yeah. or on a motorcycle. Yeah. And it's on the stick, and you squeeze it if you want to get into reverse or neutral. But I, other than that, it's just you just keep pulling it back and grabbing the next gear. And when you want to downshift, you go forward. But there's no skipping gears. There's no, like, from fourth to neutral. you got to click down, boom, 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 to get to it. Right. So uh, Claudio Burton, who r- built the car and runs the team and stuff, just yeah. kind of told me, look, here's what gear you're in. Here's what gear you're in. And here's what gear you're in all the way around the track. And I was like, all right, all that's right. the gear I'll, I'll be in. He's very calming. The good news about the <laughs> car like is the car has such an amazing amount of horsepower and torque that you don't have to paddle through all the gears and go all the way back up and all the way back down because you're short shifting that car on some of the downhill stuff. And like, there's a couple of turns like um, you go up and over the top on turn four. Yeah. You come down, you make a left-hander on turn five, and then there's turn six, which is you can't see over it, and it's got kind of a weird double dip. If you think you're going to get on it, like you're coming around. Th- that car yeah. has 850 horsepower, and it's immediate. So if you're getting a little light coming over turn five or uh, turn six or whatever, and you're coming over the top and you go, okay, now I'm, I'm going and you get on it. Yeah. It'll just start sliding. So you have to feather it it's almost the, everywhere. The throttle response in that thing we can see in those cars is crazy. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy, especially when you, we, you and I were having a conversation about comparing it to some of the cars that you drive, even your big horsepower cars, those are still turbo cars. So you can roll into those things a little bit and that turbo takes a second to spool up and it's almost like a little safety mechanism to do it. This car, no way. This car is just, you dip into it a little bit and it's, it's spinning tires. Yeah. So we, um, so there was that, there was the fact that it was a hundred mile, 40 lap race. I do 10 lap races and then just the overall speed of the track, which is to say, um, Laguna Seca, you guys have to kind of do some math or at least trust me on the math. Laguna Seca is 2.2 miles. And in that car, if you were driving it right, you do it about a minute 30 something minute 30 minute 31 you know the guys in the 935s do it in like okay. minute 32 minute 33 you know fastest i've done it in the newman cars like 136 minute 36 but if you're in a 935 you're doing minute 32 you know but not too many sub 130s on that 2.2 mile track the the, the guys when you go to the uh, uh the historics the monterey historic yeah the guys that are hauling ass on the 2.2 mile track, the Decon Monzas, the 935s, like the, the Roush Mustangs, or like the big boy guys yeah. that are really kicking ass, the professional drivers, 132, 133. This okay. track is 2.5 miles, so it's it's a fair bit bigger than 2.2 miles. And the guys that are kicking ass are sub 120s. They're 117, 117 118. Yeah. So if you want to just do average speed math, yeah. whatever the guy in the Decon Monza and the 935 is doing at Laguna Seca 
go ahead and ratchet up another 25 miles an hour oh, yeah. from his oh, or, yeah. or more from his average speed. I average speed on one of my laps, 133 miles an hour. And that was with a lap time of, I don't know, 122? Yeah, right. So yeah. if you're doing 118, you're going 145 miles an hour on the <laughs> you're, track. You're hauling fast. But that's it, your. no one gets the average. Yeah, that's Just the, the average, average speed because when 10 you get turns. Up, when you get up into that top area where those tight turns are, 3, 4, you, you're down to like, you know, you're down to 30 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour. Well, you know, the thing that's weird about it is you that, think you're down to 30, <laughs> you're going 55 or 60, but yeah. it feels like you've come to a complete stop yeah. because of what you're used to. But we that can throws actually off that see average it. quite a bit. We, oh, I mean, look, when the tires started going at the end of the – so what happens with the tires are when they're cold at the beginning of the race, they're slippery, and at the end of the race, they just start fading – and as they fade, you just plow. So that's got to be one of the biggest differences between you running in the vintage classes that are only 20 minutes long, 30 minutes long, and running 75 minutes with no pit stop. Like, that's the maximum. They basically run, and that's that's all you're going to get out of those tires and as much fuel as you can carry. When, the, when yes. that car is done, the tires are done, the fuel is done. And I'm done. And you're done. <laughs> and I'll, I, you guys can go to carcastshow.com. So yeah, this, this is uh, this is turn three and four, what they call the Omega, and you can just see the difference uh, throughout the race of uh, Adam's wheel. Just there's a piece of red tape at the top of his wheel. Just watch the positioning of it. Okay. Yeah. So at the beginning of the race, you turn and the car turns. At the end, you turn, the car doesn't turn. All right. Give us some sound here. There we go. Check out the inside of this car, by the way. That digital dash. That's a quite the end of the race is you'd go around the big omega whatever at the top you'd start coming down and whereas guys were hitting the left hander like number uh turn five kind of balls out like a lap eight yeah now people are almost coming to a stop and just just turning because the car's just going to plow off the front wheels yeah. it's, it's total understeer so talk about getting thrown into the deep end you need those other cars to kind of set the pace for you having never done it before you have no idea what that car is going to do and you haven't been on that track in forever and you think those guys are getting faster throughout the race and actually they're they need to be a little bit more conservative toward the end just because of the car not to mention at at some point toward the end of the race your last 10 15 laps the car is significantly lighter you have no more fuel in the car yeah, and uh, I've sweated out a bucket, <laughs> too. But, yeah, thank you for illustrating that, Max Batty. You can just see the crazy 
wheel turn on the exact same turn on the same line. Yeah. Just the car's not turning when you're turning the wheel. Yeah, there's so many more variables that I noticed just because uh, the ra- the race was so long. Like, yeah. you think, oh, you just want to do the exact same thing every single time. But so many things change lap to lap but that you're trying to do the exact same thing while while taking into account all these different variables. You know, and as the driver, there's a lot of things that are going on in the car. And we've posted a lot of, uh, of photos on social media and stuff since over the weekend and, and up till now. And some people have asking oh, what happened to the paddle shifter? Well, we explained that. That didn't happen. But the sequential transmission has a clutch, and Claudio said, look, you can use the clutch if you're comfortable or don't use it, whichever you want. Yeah. The clutch would make the whole, you know, would make it last a little bit longer, but your choice. Yeah. Okay, and you decided clutch is kind of what you were used to, so go with I clutch. just When I downshift, my left foot goes down. I wouldn't even, as a matter of fact, after I tested the car on Friday, I think you... May have said, "Oh, it was probably Lynette." Did you use the clutch when you downshifted? Now, I, somebody said, "Did you use yeah. the clutch and downshifted?" And I said, "Or upshifted, or whatever it was." And I said, "I, I don't know. I That's have right. no, I have no recollection of it." I, I think on your downshift you were. On your upshifts, I'm not sure. I don't know. I was, you know, Claudio said it'd be easier on the transmission in the car if you did it and blip the throttle. I met him in the middle. You I said, I'll the do middle. the clutch, but yeah. I, if yeah. I start blipping, because there was fast downshifting. If, All right, bl- let's... if Claudio could blip it, blip it remotely, that would have yeah, been perfect. he should have been. <laughs> yeah, let's... Uh, so, uh, I, I, all right. So now, because I, it won't, I don't want to do a two-hour show here for you, but what I'm saying is, is I went out and qualified, and the problem with what I'd done with qualifying. The first thing I did is I just went out there and I went, look, I'm just going to follow some fast guys. We're going to get some heat into these tires and we're going to, uh, we're going to qualify. Yeah. So I went out and, uh, spun the car out, uh, after a quarter lap. Yeah. And got off the track going half speed. I think, I think, uh, yeah, Chris can show it. I, I didn't get out of the pits fast enough because my car stalled a little. Yeah. And, and then, all, all you, see, all you have, all oh. you have to do is the give it gas. The sound is harsh. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even sideways. I was almost going straight. Yeah, and I got on it, and it just went whoop. And that's it. The car has so much power that unless you're perfectly straight before you get back on it, if you're just a little bit. Yeah, I mean the tires were cold, but I didn't do anything. You didn't see me do anything weird there. And I don't know that anybody else had run quite yet because it was a it was a morning run and the track's a little dusty, it's been windy and other cars aren't out there cleaning it off. Well, I should have factored that in. My point is is I qualified last in the uh Trans Am 1 division at a 122 Seven seven eight, so almost a one twenty two eight. All right, so I'm at the bottom of the Trans Am one. You know the the fast guy. Yeah. Okay. The TA class. The TA class. Fine. But there's more cars than just us in the race. There's TA two. Yes. So, but all the practices and the qualifying up to this point was your class only on the track. Six cars. Yeah. So and I'm then like, the race is 14 cars. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll just come into the last in my group. Yeah. Because uh, the fastest guy is a 117.4. I mean, and then, and then Pickett, Greg Pickett is a 
is going to be the only guy to win a Trans Am race in like five decades, five separate decades, like kind of thing, if he wins one. Um, Tommy Dreesey, a recent friend of ours, nice guy, does it in 17-4. Pickett does it in 17-8. Kyle Kelly does it in... What was he driving? Uh, He's driving a... I think he was in the Mustang. He was in a Corvette. Sorry, I'm looking oh, at this. He does it in 118. Uh, then uh, Richard Wall, that's uh, our friend, he does it in a 120. And then uh, Ken Davis does it in a uh, in a 125. Uh, so Richard does it in 121. He does it in 125. I do it in a 122.7. Um, but, okay, fine. I'm at the bottom of our group. Now I go into TA2. These are the slower guys. Yeah. The guy sitting on their pole does it in a 127, faster than me. The next guy down does it in a 129, faster than me. 120.9. And 0.7. And 0.7. Now I do 122.7. Right. So there are two seconds. These are the lower division guys who are starting behind us. Yeah. Then the next guy guy who uh, comes in third and qualifying does a 121.2. And then the slowest guy in their division does a 121.8. So, so everybody in that group is faster, is than, faster than you. And they're behind us. So now Maybe I'm going, group. Not, <laughs> not only am I the slowest guy in my group, yeah. but I'm going to have to deal with faster guys coming up behind me. Yeah. And Oh, that's fun. They give you a 500-foot head start, yeah, but it's a 40-lap race, and there's going to be yellow flags. Yeah. So those guys will just catch up. Now you go to TA3. I, I was too depressed to even look at this. <laughs> the guy sitting on the pole in TA3 does a 122, basically even. Yeah. So now, Good for him. Yeah, good <laughs> for him. So everyone's faster than me. And we're going to get yellow flags, and everyone's going to catch up to yeah. me. And it's going to be embarrassing when the guy from TA3, like in, in a, like in a bone stock eclipse <laughs> with beads on the seat yeah, and like fur, the fur steering wheel thing, when he beats me. Somebody spun out, and the ambulance ran at 124. <laughs> this is going to be <laughs> so it was close. embarrassing. But uh, By the way, when you spun out in that practice, I know you got a little rattled with that, but immediately after that, two other cars spun out in that same corner. Oh, really? Well, there must have been something blowing on that track. But either- well, after you spun out, yeah, yeah. there was shit all over the track. <laughs> That's true. Cause I, had to get, I was like, are you kidding me? I'm going to get towed in. I don't even think I'm going to qualify because yeah. I don't know how to restart this car on this grade this low. I'm just going to drop the clutch and dig in. And it's just going to sink back. Like, sink back. Yeah, like- and once you, hit the, once you bottom out, you bottom out. Yeah. Somehow I got out of the sand trap. I don't know how. I was not planning on it. And it didn't seem to do any damage to the car. And uh, then it was time to qualify. And I qualified. And I was like, look, I felt for for a guy who spun off, was completely rattled, and then had nobody to follow around the track. Yeah. I felt decent about my semi-respectable 122. But uh, then the race began, and I immediately fell off the pace and lost the leader's and was kind of out running alone in no man's land, and then there was a yellow flag. And right. we got the full course caution. 
And when we got the full course caution, I was half a lap away from the pile of front runners. Yeah. And all I had was the TA2 guys, like, sort of on me, but... They're all waving you off. Get out of the way. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Claudio is in my helmet, and he's, he's on... He's got a radio, so I that's got a radio set up. It's his first time ever used radio. But I can't hear for shit. <laughs> no, because you're in a race car. And, and he's yelling <laughs> at me, go, 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 catch up, catch up, yeah. go, go, go. And I'm like, I'm going 110 miles an hour, yeah. like, down this straightaway, like, and I'm on full course yellow, like, yeah. I'm already... Driving a little bit here, yeah, and uh, he's like, "Catch him, go, yeah, go!" And Tighten I'm like, "I cap," and I'm like, I, I, "I'm not going to get yelled at if I like really start getting in." By the way, with those cars, when you start getting into it, it makes noise, makes a lot like, of noise. Like the guy standing on the yeah. corner—that's why you thought Claudia was yelling "go," and he was saying "no, no, no," <laughs> and he wanted you to slow down. Uh, he was yelling "go get those guys," but the thing is, is like. The corner worker who's frantically waving both yellow flags yeah. as I redline that thing in fourth gear, what's that going to sound like to him? <laughs> right. He's going to be upset. He's going to make a call. And you're going to get right. a black flag. So I'm like, here, but, yeah. but the, the deal is you can go and tell you, don't pass anyone, but go get them. But also there's a car like on the track too. So it's like, I don't want to hustle first around. caution was the second place guy who was, they were battling for first, like switching places, first, second. And he pushed hard and he blew his motor. That was Pickett. Pickett blew his motor. Oh no, Pickett didn't blow his motor because Pickett was back in that race. In the Mustang, the white oh, the Mustang. Mustang. Right. So this was the, the Corvette. Right. That blew the motor. And then later in the race, there was the Mustang thing. Right. Now, I don't know. We have to figure out which guy. I, anyway, uh, I don't know. Should we just go look at your montage of uh, footage, Max Apana? Yeah, yeah. So we have a, a six-minute clip of uh, some of the best parts of the race. So, yeah, let's let's. And where, let's where can everybody see these? Uh, CarCastShow.com, YouTube. We're going to uh, put, put them up on the YouTube Facebook. channel as yeah, well. Everything. We'll put links to it everywhere. Yeah. All right. So eventually... I- I eventually caught back up to the pile of people. Yeah. And once I got with the pile of people after the yellow flag, I was like, I'm just going to hang. I can hang with the pile. Now start following these guys. It's a long race. Learn their line. Learn right. where their breaking points are and, and see what happens. That's all I, that's all I, wanted, all I wanted to do. And at the beginning of the race, I got screwed because... I, I got passed on the right, and I didn't. I, I could have forced the issue, but I didn't want to force the issue on the first corner, the right. first lap, and so I ended up just kind of going wide and being on a bad line, and and just I was I was sort of sort of over before it began. But there was a couple areas that that four or five turn we could see that's where cars start to separate from you. That right. was a little nerve wracking area, and then throughout the race, you'd started to chip away on that and go a little faster and faster. Yeah, and faster. well, at a, at a certain point, at a certain point, I just went, "Look, I got the same equipment. I'm just going to follow the same line as these guys. Maybe it's easier said than done, but there's one thing I can do, and I can just kind of mimic. So that's all I was doing was once I got on this Corvette. I figure out what number that Corvette is." Once I got on the Corvette, 64, is that the number of that Corvette? Yeah, I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Once I got on that Corvette, I was like, well, I'm just going to stay with this guy as best as best I can. And it it became 
Yeah. And also, I don't want to pass him. I just want to stay with him. It's such a long race. I felt... Turn it up, man. Visibility is terrible in this car. and the lens or whatever, things look further than they are. I'm, I am closer to these guys than, yeah. than, you, than you. It looks like I'm 30 feet away and I'm 12 feet away. Most of this camera is, is the high-mounted camera like on the rear-view mirror. But when you cut to the camera that you're wearing on your helmet and you see the gauge, the digital gauge pack, you can see how visibility is terrible. There's the windshield when they put when you're sitting in the car, you're like, this looks good, but then they put the hood on it right. and the cowl is four inches tall, and you're like, I can't see anything out of this thing. Yeah, well we put some extra foam rubber under my under my seat and so I was able to sit up a little bit higher. This is the best part of the track where you just By the time you got to the end of the race, yeah. everyone's tires were so marbly that first, second, third, we all were all just sort of staying together for the most yeah. part. Not that those guys aren't better drivers than me. So that this point in this in this clip, you just did your pass. So what happened was the Corvette that was in second place had blown its engine, and then the Mustang that was also up there spun out. But then he got back on the track, and he was already chopping away at every one of those groups. It, oh, took yeah. about a, it took about a lap and a half for him to pass all the other run groups to catch up to you guys. And you made your pass, which was an, an awesome pass. And uh, it was the uh, cool move of the race. Yeah. By, uh, I got cool, cool shirt systems. I got they a cool shirt cool move coming, the race. coming toward me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I... It, it's at this point I don't want the guy to pass me to pass me and I don't want the Mustang to pass me and I but but the tires are starting to fade so I really don't want to just slide out and I just don't want to I just don't want to make a stupid mistake here with the tires now, I see these guys can anticipate the tires and what to expect from the tires yeah and the guy in the Corvette still hanging around they're also so me. as they're burning through fuel, they're adjusting their sway bar and I'm stuff. Not. You're not, which no. we didn't know know was an option. No, which I, you wouldn't have done anyway. I wouldn't have done it. The, uh, the clip that you're watching when when the Corvette blew his motor, that was a lap round 21, and you move from fifth uh, to fourth, and then when you passed, you made that pass for third. 
that was with 10 laps to go. That was right. it. This is the final 10 laps. So at this point, the team is going nuts. The Burton Racing team, all these guys, they're going nuts. We're like, Sonny's going nuts. Sonny's Sonny going nuts. We're like, up and now you just need to make that car as wide as possible. You just need a block for 10 laps, and you've got this. Yeah. Well, that was my, uh, that was me playing, everybody. And uh, worked out, uh, worked out quite swimmingly. And uh, listen, I, I'm excited. It's like it's like I don't know. It's like like having one professional boxing match and getting a win or something, and then just retiring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just so you could see like how close Adam was to uh, the car in front of him. Like this, this he was like uh, in the in this photo, like at least what six laps in a row just doing that. Yeah. yeah. When you were doing down the big straight and going into turn one. You were late breaking. The team was going nuts. They loved how you were doing that, and that was the reason why you were able to make your pass. But from our point of view, it looked like you were just pushing him around the corner, like you were getting so close to him. And finally, you just yeah, you well, just went look faster. at the, yeah, I got to look at the photos because when you like I said, when you look at the picture from inside the camera from in the car, it looks like there's a fair gap. When you see the actual gap, it's it's three or four feet, and you're going 150 miles an hour. So it's a it's a more it's an intense experience. Three or four feet is nothing at 150 miles an hour. <laughs> no, but you know what you're doing is what I always do is I just trust that this guy's a professional. Yeah, like he wouldn't be here. He if, said that about you when you were coming around. He's right. like, I just trust this guy's a professional. <laughs> Well, I made the pass I made on the guy. Well, first I'll tell you about Geico, and then we'll. Uh, we'll examine the past and see what we think. Uh, Geico, everyone's got the to-do list. You drop off the dry cleaning. You pick up the milk. You take in the dog and put out the cat. I think that's what Fred Flintstone did. How about add, save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance to that to-do list? How about you go to geico.com. 15 minutes could be saving 15% or more on your car insurance. Get some extra money, a little wham, a little walking around money. That is Geico. Put some extra money in your pocket. Go to Geico.com. That's Geico.com. So I late braked and I went inside and I was hoping that the car would hold and not slide outside. Yeah. I don't I didn't do anything dirty here. On the other hand, he didn't just move over. He stayed with it when I slid in he didn't dive in he kind of hung in and then at this point i was thinking well now he's got the inside on the next turn but i think he thought let's not get into it and he probably thought i know this guy he qualified slower than almost everybody in every run group yeah and if he were smart and he probably was he probably went Oh, this guy's never done this before. This guy's the slowest qualifier. He just passed me, but there are 10 more laps yeah, to I'll go. I'll get him back. I'll get him and back. And his tires are fading, and maybe he doesn't know what to do when his tires fade, which I didn't. He so, didn't really know that. Let's hope. Well, <laughs> what, what happens is, is the first time you go up around the Omega, whatever, and you turn the wheel and the car kind of snow plows forward, you go, oh, I hit the wrong line. Yeah. Or I hit this too hard. Or I, I, I did yeah, something wrong like too here. too hot into that corner. You're I'm just too hot. Try, yeah. yeah, I'm too hot. Then you go around the big sweeper, eight or nine, you're still going 145 miles an hour around that thing because nothing's moving. But now you have arrow. But you, I'm not thinking of arrow. <laughs> so then I go, 
all right, all right. So now I'm coming into the Omega whatever again, and I go, all right, all right, because it's now I'm not thinking about arrow. There's yeah. a bunch of big sweepers where you're going fast and it's doing nothing. Feels fine. Yeah. Then you go into that slow speed Omega thing, and all of a sudden, oop, here's the plow again. And so when it happens the second time, you go, oh, wait a minute. This time I was looking out for it. Right. And I, w- I wasn't on it, and it still did it. So now something's going on. The tires are going. And I can see the other guys. I was going to say, then you start to think this is happening to everybody. Oh. Like, I, when do you have that realization? That turn, and you're like, okay, we're all in the same equal playing field. After again. you go around the Omega and you start heading down, there's that uh, left-hander. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah, there's a left-hander and then, uh, like, another left-hander at the bottom. And you start seeing people hitting the brake early, yeah. like, much earlier than you remember hitting the brake. And they're trying to get their speed down in a straight line before they enter it. And you go, okay, that's something's going on with them, too. There's not, like, a split second where you're like, they're all braking early. I'm going to Adrian Brody right past these guys. <laughs> Just no, make a move. I, you're like, you figured they're pretty smart. They're professional drivers. Maybe I should follow their lead. Well, you could have brodied right past them. You got the guy, <laughs> you know, the pole sitters leading the race. Yeah. So Tony knows what he's doing. Yeah. And by the end of the race, I don't know if you have like the last lap, but or so, but the last lap, everyone's just basically on the same pace. Like he wasn't leaving us. Yeah. We're, he, we're not good enough to pass. We're not fast enough to pass him, but he wasn't going anywhere. I think that's because of his tires. It, it was too. exciting because that Mustang that spun out within a couple laps passed everybody, got right back up behind you again. And when you did that eight and nine, we knew coming out of that uh, out of that four or five, the Omega that you were talking about, there's a little bit of distance. Um, you're going a little bit slower than these other guys, and that's where he catches up. But then when you hit, you got out of six. It was great. You hit the big. Eight nine turn, and we saw that you were hammering down. You knew how fast you could start to go in there one forty something plus, maybe one I don't know one fifty maybe coming out of the big turn, and he just couldn't catch up. And as soon as you passed through nine, the team was just jumping up and down, going nuts. There was just no way that Mustang catch you because now you've just hammered down right. just on horsepower alone. Yes, yeah, you, no skill, got, just yeah. going in a straight and line. The checker flag is in the air, and the guy in the Mustang is just. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. podium for you. No cool shirt. Cool yeah. move of the race for you. <laughs> no cool move for you, Mr. Pickett. Uh, oh, and then footage, of course, of us up on the yeah. uh, podium afterward. Which All is, that champagne ruining that it, nice Sparco it, suit you got. Not only was I happy and relieved and tired and everything else from being in that car for, for so long, um, but the expectation level was through the floorboard. <laughs> like, I had no... I was hoping at that point to not hurt the guy's car and to... Not hurt anybody else's car. Not hurt anyone else's car. And if you would have said, hey, man, we'll give you 10th place, I would have been like, oh, There's only six cars, but take 10th anyway. (laughs) No, take 10th. Remember... (laughs) After the other cars. I had had everybody in the class behind me qualify faster than me, and one guy in the third class qualify faster than me. those, yeah. it, hey, the clock doesn't lie, and when you get the full course yellow, then the guy in the uh, Aventador, no, the guy, the guy driving the Lamborghini Gallardo or yeah. whatever it is, yeah, the Safecraft Gallardo, all-wheel drive. That thing is cool. Okay, if that guy's <laughs> a professional driver, yeah, and 
he qualified two seconds a lap faster than me, and now they've thrown full yellow, and that guy's just behind me. Yeah. Well, why is that guy not going to pass me? He's two seconds a lap faster than me, and we're full course yelling. He's just sitting behind me. One of my greatest joys and surprises is I kept looking up, looking for those T2 cars. Right, for them to come up and start making their move. After the yellow. Like, okay, now the the good news is is I've caught up to the guys I can't hang with. (laughs) But the bad news is the guys who can hang with me have caught up to me. So. I kept looking at my mirror, like going, "Where are those guys?" And, and the best that I can tell, I don't know the exact rules, but it looked like they still kept a break, a distance between the groups. But you can't if there's if there's no. Although no, no, looking at the numbers, why wouldn't that guy catch up to you in half a lap? Well, not only that, but with no pace car, with one pace car on the track, yeah. And 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 they told me like. Like, uh, Tony and whoever told me, they just go, yeah, I said, like, what about the T2 guys? And they were like, well, they're, they start 500 feet behind you. And then someone went, yeah, but after the first full course yellow, they're just there. Yeah, I could, it like wasn't clear to me that when they went to yellow, does the leader just take a guess on 500 feet and just hold it for the yellow? No, because for, for two reasons. One, I was at the driver's meeting. And wow, were, congratulations. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I was at the driver's meeting. It's not like that came up. Okay. Nobody is going to honor the 500 feet. And by the way, you don't have to honor the 500 feet. The race is on. Yeah. You're racing. It. You can beat cars from a different class. I mean, they do it at Le Mans all, all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, all endurance racing, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's on. They start you 500 feet back, I think, just to have separation and to also, for safety reasons, and, and, and for whatever yeah. reasons, hey, this is your class, that's, that's your class. Once the, the full course yellow is thrown and the pace car pulls out on the track, then it's anybody catches up to anyone, just like I was half a lap back. Then They don't yeah. care. I can go catch up to them. And and I looked in my rear view. I don't know. We'll get the footage Wait, or something at some is, point. When you look and at the I could numbers, see those guys were there. You look at the numbers, and everybody looks really close together. And I, you know, the numbers must speak for themselves. There's no denying that. But all the guys standing on the sides, like standing around with the Burton racing team, like when, when the Mustang sp- spun out and he was at the back, they're like, it's only going to take him a lap and a half. He said that the TA class cars, they said they're significantly faster than the others. And it really, it only took about a lap and a half to pass 10 cars. And on your sheet, you're like, oh, those guys are only a second, two seconds behind us. Yeah. You know, but... The Mustang was a top three TA class, so he's 118? Uh, 117. 117, 118, maybe No, in that he's range. 117. He's, he's running 117, two. and he's passing a bunch of cars that run 120. And right. again, it doesn't seem like much, but a lap and a half, after he spun out, they put him back on the track. He just passed everybody. He yeah. just smoked them. It's well, so, that's my when argument. When you watch it, it's so fast. I got a bunch of guys behind me at 120, <laughs> yeah. and I'm a 122 guy, so... I didn't know where they were. And no, they don't. There would be no way to enforce the buffer. Yeah. And no one would pay attention to it. There's no way someone just on a full course yellow randomly stay 500 feet behind whoever's in last of a different. And and by the way, 
they wouldn't even know for sure what class the car in front of them even was, per se. You know what I mean? So everybody has to bunch up. I guess we'll have to take a look at a picture I, and or something. also, uh, Patrick on Facebook, he's watching the Facebook stream live, he wrote, As a corner worker, all we care about is that you do not pass any car under yellow. Do what you have to do to catch up to the pack and do it safely. Yeah, well, well, I, well, I was always under the impression you had to slow down, but thank you, Patrick. You know, what's interesting, though, is I'd like to see the times of all 14 cars in the final race. And I I bet the qualifying times are different than the race time. So whatever you ran in your race time, if the fastest guy in your group who came in fifth or sixth was running 120s or 122s due to traffic— yeah, I bet the next guy in the next class was running, you know, a half a second, quarter of a second. A- everybody runs a little bit slower in the race than they do in qualifying, especially as the tires start to fade out a little bit. Yeah. But still, curious I think to me that those guys, yeah. I they did catch up at a certain point because I remember looking in my rearview mirror and seeing like a weird green car that wasn't part of my yeah group there was like some green <laughs> i was i was standing there. there talking to the guys i'm like is that if adam doesn't look in his rearview mirror and just focuses on the line in front of him he's gonna do great <laughs> he's gonna do great but these cars are filling up the mirror like this and i'm like there's a lot of shit going on behind adam right now i was like just focus in front which i imagine that's what you did just ignore the rear matter of fact take the rearview mirror down uh the only time i really looked is i would entering this long straightaway, I would look up and see where that vet was. And then somewhere around lap, when I knew there was like one or two more laps left or something, I looked up and saw a white car back there. And I'm like, who, what is this white car? Because I've been looking at this, I've been looking at the yellow hood of the vet I yeah. passed, and every, every time I drove around to go into the straightaway, I'd like, oh yeah, I I I got eighty feet on this guy or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. He would make it up around the other tight part, but I just look up and go, oh he's. And then at a certain point, I looked up and was like, oh no vet, no. And then I looked up and was like, mysterious white car. Yeah, that was the Where's Mustang. This that guy out and caught back then, up. Then I was like. Oh, this guy's moving. If I hadn't seen him in 15 laps and now I'm seeing him, that yeah. means he's moving. Did you think for a second he was one of the other classes? No. No, you thought it was... I could tell by the car that he was... Well... It was the wide-body Mustang. I, I thought it was a vet from the front because all I've been looking at is vets. But I also knew instinctively this can't be from a slower class. Where did he come from? He's moving quick. He's moving quick <laughs> on the... You know, it's not like once we got five laps left, me and number one and number two were probably all turning about the same lap times. Yeah. We didn't really change order and we didn't really change distance. You know, we just did the same times, basically. Yeah, it looked that way. I mean, the group wasn't really breaking away or closing up like... From turn to turn, it was all pretty much the same. Right. So when I saw the white car coming yeah. up, I was like, well, this can't be from uh, yeah. Trans Am 3. And you got to imagine that that guy, you know, that guy took a break when he spun out. <laughs> so maybe his tires <laughs> were a little, a little better. Maybe he's got a little more fuel for weight. Well, I also <sighs> started thinking about it, too. But he's, is he on the same lap we're on? And He got back out there pretty quickly. Evidently. Just everyone's going 150 miles an hour, so it seems like forever. But he had to pass basically the whole field. Well, yeah, you need to put this on TV. Do not pass (laughs) Garage Boss oil drain pans, man. 
I'll tell you. We love doing it ourselves, don't we, man? I do. I love the Garage Boss. We have them. We have a few of them. Uh, it, normally, you just like do it into the pan, and then you spill it, trying to pour it into the funnel and the one-gallon milk jugs, and then carry the jug to the recycling place, and the cap busts off. Now, Garage Boss, I got a full line of drain pans. No muss, no fuss, solutions, disposable, tearaway sheets, integrated funnels, just all the innovative stuff, all the best stuff. You just drain directly into the Garage Boss container. Uh, then you just put it in your trunk, drive it over your nearest recycling or auto parts store, wherever you take your oil, and do it. Do it right. Do it economically. And look, kind of looks like you know what you're doing in your garage. You don't have that stupid, weird metal pan or that weird black pasta, yeah, plastic yeah. one that folds. You pick it up, tacos, and then spills. The metal round one where you're wobbling it around. Yeah, it's none of that. Right. Drain it, put the cap right back on it. So from uh, oil pan to drain pan, to recycling center. It's that easy. Yep. It's available at Amazon.com or just just search Garage Boss, B-O-S-S, Garage Boss, Amazon, and go uh, check it out. All right. Thank you, guys. Let and, me thank uh, a couple people here. Yeah. We want to thank uh, Claudio Burton and Ashley yeah. Van Dyke, the Burton Racing Team. Uh, thanks, Sparco. Uh, for that great suit and uh, and Trans Am presented by Pirelli and the guys at GoShare, which is cool. GoShare, Go by the way, is, is like Uber for uh, with trucks. Yeah, and the guy shows up with a truck and and the guy and he'll help him move all your stuff and then. I would have been signed up with these guys when I was in my 20s and 30s, man. If you want to be a GoShare driver, you can make like 62 bucks an hour driving the same, Kalen. GoShare's (laughs) got to be pretty happy because they had two guys on the podium. Two guys on the podium. Yeah. Richard Wall came out of nowhere. The dude like ran Trans Am in like 1985 and hasn't been in a car since. He came out and played second. He's a nice guy, too. <laughs> He's really good, yeah. Yeah, I want to thank Les for coming by right before I got in the car going, oh, be careful yeah, out it's there. Fast track. It's a <laughs> uh, fast car. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I'm going to go hide yeah. in the trailer. This is the best track in the world. It's the fastest track in the world. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get a sandwich. Thank all <laughs> you guys. And uh, you can uh, check out the 24-hour war and uh, the bug. We have movies. Chassis. Go to Chassis. Get some t-shirts and mugs and stuff. C-H-A-S-S-Y dot com. And uh, Corolla Drinks. Say hi to Lynette and uh, support the show. Check out CarCastShow.com. I want to thank uh, Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, for thank putting you. me in the car, man. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I was expecting the trophy here today, but... It's probably in Sonny's room. Getting my name written in oh. it as we speak. Adam C O R O L L A. Expect that, but Expect that more exciting for me is I want my cool suit. That's right. We got to follow up with those guys. Uh, by the way, all of I, these videos will be up on uh, carcastshow.com and our YouTube page. So check those out. I'm now, I've hit the trifecta. I. Finished a pig's trough at Farrell's when nice. I was 11 and was uh, awarded, uh, a, uh, well, it was a certificate suitable for framing. Okay. For finishing right off there, yeah. 14, nice. 14 scoops of ice cream. I got that. I got the. That's I got, what started it all, really. I got the Tilton Hard Charger Award, the $100 gift certificate to uh, any Tilton pro- product. Yeah, I didn't know they made a $100 product. They don't. They, they don't. Everything's $800, <laughs> but you can. It's but, a coupon. You it's put a coupon. Like you get put like a, a replacement pedal. <laughs> toward a pressure plate or yeah. something. Okay. So I got the I got the Mac Tilton Hard Charger Award. Which is nice. And now the coveted cool suit pass of the. Yeah. I mean, those the cool are the big pass, three. The cool people, move of the race. Yeah, people talk Emmy, Tony, Oscar, but this is really 
the Pig's Trough, the Tilton Heart Charger, that's, and the that's Cool That's known move. as the trifecta. Yeah, in racing. In racing. For sure. <laughs> All right. So, until next time, it's Adam Carolla for uh, Chris Maxipata and uh, Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.